0: Like I said, I'm not delighted that Pastor Craig is gone, but I'm delighted that I get an opportunity to minister to y'all this evening. I believe that God has a fresh word to be spoken tonight that um, has kind of been bouncing back and forth between me and Callie. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to all of us and can be really, really contribute tonight to all of our maturity. I want to be a mature Christian. I know that I look young and vibrant and fresh, but I want to be a person of maturity, you know, beyond my years. That's my goal, and that's my heart, and so uh, I believe that what God has to share with all of us tonight is something that really can contribute to our spiritual maturity and take us from where we are, who we are, to the place that God wants us to be, and where the, that special place that He has for us. So anyway, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get to it. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being in our presence tonight. Holy Spirit, thank you for ministering to us, Lord, even as we were worshiping, Father, just showing, showing us your love, showing how good you are and how much you love us, how great your love is for us. And Lord, as we get into your word tonight, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would bring revelation to the words that are on the page. I thank you that those words on the page would sink deep into our heart, Lord, and that you would begin and even complete a spiritual work of regeneration in us, Lord. I thank you that we would come to reflect you and who you are and who you've called us to be even more as we amen. behold your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So first of all, I want to ask, do you want to come go ahead and come up here? I want to welcome my wife, Callie Moore. It's okay. Here's a microphone for you, too. Do you want to just go ahead and say your introductions and how much you love everyone? Yeah. I do love everyone. Thanks for being here. I know it's this is me. Am I on? That is on. Johnny's about to turn you up. He is on it. Johnny. Thank you
1: very much. Johnny. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, sir. But, yeah, um, I'm just excited to get to be here. And... um, yeah, after church on Sunday, me and Micah, we kind of like to preach back to each other what we got out of the message and what the Lord's teaching us, and so I just was like, babe, I got to tell you, like, what's on my heart, and just kind of spilled out all this stuff, and he was like, do you want to preach on Wednesday? And I was <laughs> like, uh, sure, if you do it with me, so that's kind of um, what brought us here, and I'm just honored and excited to get to um, share what the Lord's been teaching us, and um, kind of the vision that we feel like he's taking our whole church to, and so yeah, I'm happy to be here, happy to see y'all's beautiful faces. So,
0: yeah, I thought if I was able to hear what she preached to me already again, then I'd be happy to team preach it with her because it was—it's just—it's amazing, it's revelation, and it's something that really spoke to me, and I believe is good for for all of us. But um, the title of the, our message tonight is "After the Holy Ground Moment." After the Holy Ground Moment. And I believe that that's something that has really been a theme for our church, specifically locally here at Victory Life Church in Boswell. We've been singing songs about the holiness of God and being in his holy presence. And just the things that God's been doing, speaking through Pastor Craig, it's just been about... He's, been, he's said so much about holy ground moments specifically with the Lord. And whenever God's word meets a place in our heart that matches with the passion that God's already put in us, it just sparks this moment of holy revelation and understanding uh, of what God's saying to us that is powerful and it's life-changing, something that can change your trajectory. And we there are so many different scriptures that talk about people who have had holy ground moments with the Lord. And and so for this, yeah, for this campus specifically, I feel like, I mean, even anybody here last Wednesday, did we have any holy ground moments in the house last Wednesday? I mean, for real, we had people receiving their prayer language, people falling out in the spirit, people being prophesied over, getting words from the Lord, specific words of, what they're to do, places that they're to go. And I saw so many people, too, that regardless of the different ways that it was displayed, you could just tell that people were truly receiving from their creator. Whenever you're being spoken to by the one who created you, who knows you inside and out, and who loves you, it's just it's a powerful moment. It's holy ground moments uh, that have been taking place here. And so with that combined now with where the church is uh, across all campuses, what Pastor Dwayne started preaching to us about this past Sunday, about the holiness of God, man, that brought revelation to me of just how truly humbling it is to know that we can stand in the presence of a holy, pure, righteous God. We don't deserve that. That's like not something that should be able to happen. But in his love for us, the fact that he's made himself approachable to us is just amazing. So so anyway, that's kind of the backdrop of everything. All of the, this talk about the holiness of God and holy ground moments with the Lord. And he, he put it on our hearts that that we can step into a place even of more maturity if we talk a little bit about what happens after the holy ground moment. And we'll get into this a little bit more Well, I guess let's just get into it right now, okay? I'm going to skip the first thing that I was going to say. But how many of y'all, maybe this happened last Wednesday, I don't know. But how many of y'all, whenever you have a holy ground moment with the Lord, you know He's spoken to you, He's ministered to you, changed your heart, done something even emotionally in your heart that's powerful. And by the time you've driven home with a car full of kids, you've lost all sense of holiness that you ever had. I mean... It really, it's, it's funny to say, but, but truly, whether it just be life circumstances or the enemy doing stuff, so many times that seed that God plants in a holy ground moment is so easily taken just by the cares of the world, the day-to-day business that we have to deal with. And it's easy for what's happened in a holy ground moment to almost feel like as if it's evaporated. And by the next service, by the next week, you feel like you need a new one. <laughs> like, God, I'm, my, my holy ground moment has expired. <laughs> I need a new one. And I, I believe that, especially with what Callie's about to share, that God, in those intimate holy ground moments, they're not just one-off events where he wants a good, nice one here, a nice holy ground moment here. In about six months, I'll give you another one over here. Just space them out evenly enough to where we don't just die in between. And, you know, we're always calling out, oh God, I need another holy ground moment. I need this, I need this. But I believe that he plants seeds in those holy ground moments, uh, plants something that needs to achieve a harvest. And that's the reason why the enemy tries to rob it so quickly in that moment. But the, these holy ground moments, the, these times of intimacy with the Lord, are not just one-off events but there's something that need to be carried through and tended along the way. And this is where Callie was really ministering to me. And before she shares this, I just want to say how many guys do we have in the house, gentlemen. Okay. We are the cool, awesome few that whenever it's we're at church and whenever we read scripture, a lot of times things are addressed to men specifically. You know, you read like brothers, Uh, or mankind, or, you know, created man in his image. And a lot of times the ladies just have to know that God's heart was for them as well. (laughs) That They they read into, okay, men and women, brothers and sisters, and, uh, you know, kind of have to (laughs) add, add themselves into it. Well, what Callie's about to share is a little bit specifically from a woman's perspective and experience, but I was ministered to through it, and I believe that we can relate to our, our women folk tonight by receiving from a very womanly example, but something that applies very much to us as men as well. Okay, so I just had to preface that. If that's men, okay. Thank you, babe.
1: <laughs> I um, Yeah, I was thinking, you know, God speaks to us through our own experience in the language that we understand, and I'm so thankful that God doesn't try to give me revelation through like fishing analogies or, you know, <laughs> something that just would be wasted on me. I think some people in the house, a fishing analogy would go a long way, but... I'm, like, famous for going on a high school fishing trip, and, like, I had my fishing pole completely upside down, and I had, like, all kinds of different things hanging off the end, and someone was like, what are you doing, and what are you trying to catch, and so I know nothing about fishing, but God can speak to me through um, my season, and I guess we'll make this church book official, but we are expecting baby number two. Yeah, amen. That's
0: That's the end of the message. That's good
1: preaching right there. Um, And so, yeah, and God, he's just been using this season to speak to me because I am not one of the blessed, enviable women who experiences the glow and the radiance (laughs) of pregnancy. I feel like when I talk to Mike, I'm like, I just, it's awkward and uncomfortable. It's Mm. awkward and uncomfortable and stretching. Those are like the three words I'm always like, This is just what pregnancy is like for me. Those of you ladies who have the glow anointing can lay hands on me after service and try to impart that, and I will try to receive it. But that's just not what my experience has been with my uh, two pregnancies so far. Um, But the Lord really, what has been talking to me in this weakness, right? In In our weakness, He is made strong. And when we're humble, He can give more grace to us. And so, you know, feeling like I'm in this season of... Um, Of weakness, the Lord's been showing me a lot about how his kingdom works. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, between intimacy, which we're, you know, we're calling that the holy ground moment with Mm -hmm. the Lord, between that moment of intimacy um, and then the moment of fruition, a lot of times we can experience some awkward and some uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's been speaking to me through my physical experience to stay true to the seed he's planted in my heart spiritually, And Mm -hmm. it just blew me away when the Lord was showing me this of, um, you know, some of the things I don't like about pregnancy is I can't eat the same things I used to eat. You know, like things I used to love eating, all of a sudden I have maybe even a taste aversion to them. I can't even Mm -hmm. smell the smell of coffee or I'm going to be getting sick and nauseous. And it's better now. It's better now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're over that part. But it's, it's just crazy. I have to change the way I eat. And the clothes I used to love wearing, you know, I could just jump up. I didn't have to think about my wardrobe. I could just slide into these clothes. And now I try, and I just, I just can't slide into them anymore. You know, it's, it's uncomfortable. And um, even down to the very way I sleep. You know, we don't think about the way we sleep. But when you're pregnant, you have to, you know. And um, for me, I really have to change how I like to sleep. Do any pregnant women relate to that? Or women who've been pregnant before, you know? It's like turning the Titanic, trying to move at night sometimes. And it's like, oh. So anyway, I'm not there yet. It'll get there. Anyway, um, but it, this isn't just a, a talk about, oh, Callie has awkward pregnancies. Pray for her. You can pray for me. Mm-hmm. I will take it. Amen. But um, the Lord was just showing me, you know, even spiritually, whenever I have that holy ground encounter with the Lord, um, you know, I might have to wake up the next day and change what I'm feeding on. You know, maybe I've been able to just tune into this radio station or tune into this channel, and and it's been fine to feed on that. But but whenever I acknowledge what the Lord's doing in my heart and that new seed and that new thing He's trying to grow out of me, I have to change my diet, right? And so that's even spiritually. I think the Lord's challenging us um, if we want to honor the seed He's given us. We might have to look at what we're What we're feeding on. And likewise, what am I putting on? You know, I have to change what I'm putting on. And some of us wake up in certain attitudes and certain habits and rhythms in life. And the Lord is saying, you know, if you're going to honor the new seed and the new work, you're going to have to get some new attitudes and new Mm -hmm. rhythms whenever you get up in the morning. and even, yeah, I'm still praying about, Lord, how do I change in my spiritual sleep? I don't I don't know. He hasn't given me that. All. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I should be different from that mm-hmm. moment of intimacy with the Lord all the way to fruition. It should change the way that I live every day trying to honor, bringing about that harvest with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where, where we've come up with this of, mm-hmm. you know, how do you get from that point of intimacy and holy ground? And it's, it's also rosy and cheery and, you mm-hmm. know, you're just filled with joy and freedom in the presence of the Lord. And then sometimes you got to walk through some uncomfortable and some stretching and some awkward um, before you see the fruition and the harvest of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll bounce it back to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So from that, I feel like a really good starting point is just knowing that that holy ground moment isn't just for the sake of the fun of what it was, but knowing that God is planting a seed in us in that moment that I mean, may not have a specifically a nine-month gestation period, but is going to be planting a seed that has something in it that we haven't seen the fullness of yet. You know, it's, it's not like carrying on this idea of intimacy. It, it's not like a, a one-night stand and that's, that's the end. You know, God created even sexual intimacy between a man and a woman. He created it to be life-giving. And so it's the same way even spiritually, whenever he wants to be intimate with us, whenever he has this holy ground moment with us, he specifically means that to bring some life out of us and through us. So knowing that, that these holy ground moments are not just for the emotions of that time, it's not just for us to have a good experience with the Lord, but because, it's, b- because he is a creative imaginative life bringing and giving and loving God, and he wants to use us as a vessel to bring that to this earth, then those holy ground moments are moments of conception for us to have a seed birth on the inside of us that's going to come and it's going to bear fruit. And so the thing that gets Callie through that kind of, through the pregnancy terror, I guess, as I would describe it. I only, I'm a bystanding observer. I don't know exactly how it feels, but it doesn't seem great uh, from what I observe. But what gets Callie through that is an awareness of what's coming out on the other side of it, knowing that there's something beautiful coming, knowing that there's going to be some fulfillment. And I've, I think a lot of times the enemy can so quickly and easily snatch up the kind of seed that God plants in us in a holy ground moment, because we don't leave that moment. We don't leave that burning bush. We don't come down from that mountain with an awareness that it's not ending there, that there's a seed that we're coming back with that we're actually going to see the full fruit of later on. And so knowing that, knowing that there's some fruit to come later, knowing that there's a seed planted, there's just two things that I want to encourage us in. And, um, I typically resist this. I don't like saying like one-liners that are rhymey rhymey because I feel like a lot of pastors do that and sometimes it just feels gimmicky. But I'm just, hey, this is how I heard it, so this is how I'm going to say it, okay? Uh, but two things that I feel like are going to be truly helpful for us as we come down from these, these mountaintop experiences with the Lord, from these holy ground moments with the Lord, is to, to keep the course and to know the source, okay? Keep the course, know the source, all right? Those are the only two things, not the only two things. Those are two things to remember from tonight. Keep the course, know the source, okay? Because, um, like I said, it's so easy for the enemy to just snatch up that seed whenever we leave a holy ground moment. We have countless, countless, countless examples from Scripture of people who were intimate with the Lord, who heard from the Lord, who knew that they had a revelation from Him, and then things just took crazy, weird turns, and uh, just almost in an instant, the next page, the next sentence, it's like, how did we get here? Uh, One of the most glaring examples to me is Moses. Like there's chapter and chapter and chapter of God downloading his law into Moses' heart, giving him these commandments and these stones to take down to the people of Israel. And he's having this crazy, intimate, holy ground moment with the Lord. He comes down from the mountain, and they couldn't even wait long enough for him to get the rules. They're making a golden calf, and they're, you know, worshiping an idol. And he throws the things on the ground. How many, of y'all, how many of y'all have a holy ground moment with the Lord here, and by the time you get to your house, your kids have made you throw them on the ground? Okay, you've crashed your holy ground moment down to the ground. You're upset. You, you need to go right back to the mountain and have another time with the Lord to refresh on this. But, I mean, it, it's laughable, but the, it's true. It, it happens. And so the, the first thing is to know know your source. No, or or stay the course, sorry, is to stay the course. Know that God has put a seed on the inside of you that has an end goal. In Philippians uh, 1 verse 6, it says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is talking about God's ultimate work and plan of salvation in our hearts, that God began a good work. It wasn't the end. So many Christians just believe that we've got like get out of hell free cards and we accept Jesus as our savior and then boom, that's the the final good work that Jesus had for me. No, this moment of salvation is a starting point that God is beginning a good work in us and he's gonna see that to completion. So knowing that, our entire lives in Christ are this big work that God is seeing to completion. We can know that every single little seed that he plants in us in a holy ground moment, he also is going to see that good work to completion. He's going to see it to completion. And there is a, an end. There is a fruitfulness in sight. And so we don't just leave those moments vulnerable to the enemy to snatch that up. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to that? Or you want me to? Okay.
1: Um, one of my favorite, you know, moments to, to look to in Scripture is, um, like, the, the story of Jonah. I love to read through mm-hmm. the book of Jonah because, sadly, I relate to Jonah way more than I wish that I did. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, hearing the Lord say something, and it's, you can't deny it, God said this. But you, then you find your feet running the opposite way because you're, for whatever reason, right, we have mm-hmm. our excuses of, like, God, anything but that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I talk with Micah sometimes about parts of my life, you know, one specific part of my life, I call it my Jonah calling. It's the thing that always intimidates me, but the Lord is so faithful to pull me back, Mm -hmm. you know, into obedience. But, um, you know, when you're talking about staying the course, keeping the course, um, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I see in the story of Jonah is that God didn't let him go, you know, Mm -hmm. until he was faithful to that word. And Mm -hmm. that's something the Lord's been showing me in my life, you know. um, You know, he might share with me in a holy ground moment that, you know, my freedom is in forgiveness. For somebody and Mm -hmm. letting letting some debt go that I've been holding on to, um, letting some offense go that I've been holding on to. And I'm good at holding on to offense (laughs) better than I should be. And so, um, you know, there are times when every time I meet the Lord face to face, you know, he loves on me and he just encourages me and just says, you got to let that go. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to. And so I'm starting to realize like, okay, God, we're not really going to get much further, right? I'm not going to go much further in your kingdom. I'm not going to develop these Mm -hmm. gifts fully and see this new fruit if I keep holding on to this old hurt. And yeah. um, so that's one thing even with um, keeping the course is um, that sets us free too. When, we, yeah. when we're honoring the seed that God has planted, um, mm-hmm. then he can begin to cultivate more in us. Um, so, yeah, if you try to be unfaithful to the course, he's probably going to just keep looping you back <laughs> until you choose <laughs> obedience. And um, so, yeah, yeah let's, be, let's be like those good kids this is what we're like praying. God, let uh-huh. our kids be those good kids who can just, you know, <laughs> be quick to obey. I don't know. That might be, I mean,
0: they're going to be kids. Are we asking too much? Yeah,
1: y'all who have. Well,
0: <laughs> 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 we,
1: but, you know, God's dealing with my heart to be an easy kid. Someone who he says like, hey, go do this. Hey, don't do this. And I'm like, yes, sir. I'm, you know, so yeah, keep the course.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, man you know, the Lord says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And that, this part of keeping the course, you know, we want to come to the Lord and say like, oh, I'll do this for you. I'll I'll do this. I'll, I'll give this much in the tithe. I'll give this much of my time. But a lot of times there's this sneaky thing in the back of our minds that we know God's actually asking this of me. And maybe all these other offerings that I'm making over here are just to you know, kind of appease my own conscience while I'm not doing what God's actually birthed in my heart or, or like planted something in my heart to do in a holy ground moment, knowing that this is my calling, this is where I need to go, this is what I need to do. But obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, so, but the, also on this part of keeping the course, you know, it's it's not easy. It, it is very, it we're very quick to, to have that seed snatched up. There's suffering that comes with it. And maybe God's put something on your heart or maybe he's put, planted a seed in you that has some pain associated with it. Callie mentioned forgiveness or maybe there's a healing of some emotional wound. Maybe there's some kind of physical healing that it feels like suffering actually to pursue that because you're, it's, it's easy to just see what is right now what the facts of life are, and it's much more difficult to, to live by faith in the promise of what he actually wants to give you. And uh, the Lord, he, he put this verse on my heart in Romans, Romans chapter 5. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 2. It says, through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Whenever I saw this, it just struck me that there was, as Paul was laying it out here, there was like this direct line from suffering to hope. And that, to me, just kind of threw me for a loop because to me, typically suffering is associated with hopelessness, right? You suffer so much, you feel like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. There's nothing that you can do to strive and to get that thing that God promised you so long ago. But if we approach this thing with God and in His way, then this suffering is actually going to build up an endurance in us. This suffering is actually going to build up a pain tolerance for the things that the enemy can try to attack us with, but we know that our hope is firmly in Christ. And seeing more on the other side, that endurance produces character, that character hope. And we have a hope that we can actually see what God has placed a seed on the inside of us, that that's actually going to be birthed out of us, that that's actually going to come into reality. And that's not like this little kid kind of hope that's really like a wish. Like, I hope that I have cheeseburgers instead of broccoli tonight. Like, it's like an eternal hope where, you know, the word says that faith, hope, and love remain. It's an eternal thing that God's given me a promise, and God is true. God is faithful. God's promises will always stand, and I can have hope in the future that I have in that. That real true God's kind of hope So anyway, and if we stay the course, you know, something that God was laying on my heart today. A yes to something is always a no to something else. So it's difficult whenever you walk out of this building, God's birthed something on the inside of you. God's done a big holy ground moment kind of thing. To say yes to what God's promised you to do is going to be a no to something else. And so I'm, uh, okay, I'll just go on a rabbit trail. Meg, talked a little bit about the Enneagram this past week on, the, on Facebook. And that's a personality test that like assigns numbers to people, whatever. I, on the Enneagram test, am a nine. That's like the peacemaker personality. I like everybody to be cool with one another. Like at, to, to my own detriment, I will seek peace. And I will say peacemakers will be called the sons of God. So It's a good thing, all right? I'm not going to bash myself too much. But there are some negatives associated with just seeking even short-term peace at the expense of long-term, you know, people actually being good together. Anyway, uh, so sometimes, where was I going with this? I was, oh, yeah, yeah. So that kind of personality, sorry, Meg got me off course. Blame her. But uh, that kind of personality type the way that I am naturally wired, I want to say yes to everything, and I never want to say no. I never want to, to turn somebody down. I, I, want, I want the person who wants a red ceiling and the person who wants a white ceiling to have exactly what they want at the same time, okay? I don't know how I would make it happen, but I would say yes to this person and yes to this person if I could, and then I would just be very disappointed when I couldn't do it. And then they would be mad at me. That's the problem with nines. Anyway, but I always want to say yes. I really want to say no. But God was ministering to this to me today. If you're going to say yes to somebody or something, it's a no to somebody else. For me to say yes to Callie as my wife is to say no to every other woman on the planet, right? That's the best yes I've ever said, by the way. Yeah, come on. So to to say yes... I don't think they're here the, uh, this evening, but Heather Pierce and Vida Massingale came to my mind. They work out religiously. Like they are very fit people waking up way early in the morning. For them to say yes to a very healthy workout kind of lifestyle is to say no to the kind of laziness that I like to say yes to. <laughs> Okay, so I, I want to live like them, but that yes would be a no to something else. So to say yes to the promise that God birthed in you here, it's going to be a no to something. It's going to be a no to someone else. And be okay with that whenever you're going out from here. If you're going to stay the course and say yes to God, yeah, it's a no to something else. Maybe it's a no to, pe- to people in your life who are not actually speaking life into that seed that God planted Maybe it's saying no to the way that you spend your time. If you're going to say yes to being devoted to reading your scriptures, it's going to be a no to whatever else you were spending your time doing. Saying yes to prayer is saying no to something else. So just know that we we can't, as Christians, we can't have it all. We can't have one hand in the things of God and one hand in the world and just feel like that's going to be okay. Our saying yes to God and yes to his promises and his holy ground moments that he gives it's going to be a no to something. And be, be assured in that. Be okay with that. So just as we're staying the course, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Or? Okay. So we, we got to know our source. And maybe you're not my kind of personality type because there are some other personality types who are list-oriented, checklist, get it done. As soon as you get the job, it's over in five minutes because I just nailed it. Yes. Okay, good. We got some of those in here. I like that. Well, what I want to encourage you in is that if God has planted a seed in you, a holy ground moment, I've seen so many people burn out because they had a true word from the Lord, something that he wanted them to do. He had called them to, but they tried to do it on their own strength. If God's going to bur- like plant a seed on the inside of you, then it's going to be something that's bigger than you can do on your own. And so it's good to have a get it done mentality, but just know your source. Know that God is the one who's bringing this to completion. Just like I said in uh, Philippians 1.6, that he who began the the work in you, he's going to be faithful to see it come to completion. So it's not that God gives us a word, now we go do. God's plan from the beginning is a, a team. It's a it's, uh interaction. It's this intimacy, him and us together. He doesn't just want to be there for the uh, conception part of it and then see us burn our wheels and on our own strength try to do it. So know your source. Know that God is the one who's with you this entire time. And as he was ministering that to me, I came back to the same exact example that uh, Pastor Dwayne used this past Sunday morning. So... Um, back in, in Exodus. And I'm going to go to Exodus 33. So Moses had already had his experience with the Lord. He had had this mountaintop experience, this holy ground moment with the Lord. He had come down, the people were doing wrong. He threw the commandments on the ground, and then he had to go back for his next intimate holy ground moment with the Lord. And he, I, I think Moses learned so much just in this little experience that it's something that we can actually take with us. It was the second time up the mountain that Moses asked to see God's face. And in, in uh, Exodus 33, verse 14, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That's the Lord. And he said to him, Moses said to him, it's funny, he says this right after God tells him that my presence will go with you. He said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Moses knew, especially from this earlier moment when he would had this holy ground moment with the Lord, gone out from the place, experienced such frustration, the seed taken away, the commandments thrown on the ground. He had seen, I can't do this. I can't deliver these kinds of commandments. I can't lead these people. I can't do anything that you've called me to do here in this holy ground moment. I can't do it without your presence actually going with me to complete it this second holy ground moment, Moses is looking for sustainability. <laughs> He's like, okay, we've had the moment before, tried to make it happen, didn't work. Holy ground moment, God, you need to go with me. God, I can't do this without your presence. And that's the same with us. Just, just like we need to stay the course and be faithful and be steadfast, Whenever we go from here, we need to go realizing and recognizing that the same God who is present in the emotions and in the demonstrations of the Spirit, that same God is just as present whenever we're going back to the daily grind and the same annoying people that try to snatch our good vibes or (laughs) whatever. But back to the regularness of our life, we have the same presence of the same God dwelling on the inside of us. So knowing that his presence is going with us, know your source. And I think as we we do those things, as we continue in our steadfast, and we continue to look to Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, okay? Not the author and the forward writer of our faith. Not the one who just writes the dedication and then we figure it out the rest of the way. The author and finisher of our faith from beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, knowing that he's with us, then these holy ground moments that we have, these experiences with the Lord are going to truly bear the fruit that they were meant to. And honestly, that's the kind of church body that I want to be a part of. I want to be around people who are not just going Wednesday to Wednesday looking for an emotional experience with the Lord, but praising God and thanking Him for those emotional experiences because that's very much going to happen whenever His presence is here. But a church body who is thankful for it, experiences those things, and then goes and sees the completion out beyond this, these four walls, goes and sees the completion of it because we're walking out and we're seeing the seed come to life and be birthed in and through us. Uh, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And so um, I believe that if we if we leave here knowing that God's done a work like that, staying the course and knowing that He is our source and following Him in it, then, I mean, we've talked about revival. Man, every time Brother Jonathan gets up here and starts praying and talking about revival, I'm just like, okay, let's go. Like, I want to just run out the doors and, you know, be done with this. But... Like we talk about revival, that's that's how it happens because that's a life fully alive in Christ, seeing the completion of the works that He's birthed in us. uh, Man, that's a powerful church to be a part of, and I believe that that it's happening. I'm not saying this to say none of us are doing this; we're all doing a terrible job. Let's do better. I'm just saying let's call it for what it is. Let's see it as it truly is, and know that even now, even tonight, I believe that holy ground moments were taking place last week. This past Sunday, today on your drive here, I believe God's speaking to people and lighting fires in us. Let's be a church that encourages, that fans those flames, that pushes one another to love and to good works and sees the holy ground moments that God starts in a place like this, see it actually happen and be complete and fulfilled out in our community, in our lives, in our families. That's that's the kind of church I want to be a part of, and I believe that it's happening. I'm thankful for that. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Okay. Well, then what I want to say now is just, again, coming back to this Philippians one 6 i I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I believe that God has started some good, good works in this body. God's put ministry ideas on people's hearts. God's given prophetic words to be given through and to others. God's put things even, honestly, just talking to teachers the, these mornings uh, um, has been really amazing to hear, like, the kinds of hearts that some of our teachers have for the kids in this school. God's, God's really birthed a lot of amazing things, and so I'm just believing tonight that he's going to bring to completion those things that he started. And again, all of this comes back to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so what I want us to do, first first I want to I want to pray for you. If um if you find yourself tonight, I think we may have some different different situations present here tonight. You know, some people may say, I've never, I've never had a holy ground moment with the Lord. I've never heard from God. I don't know what his voice is like. Uh, You know, Callie was even telling me today, a lot of times these holy ground moments are snatched up by the enemy just because of lies, lies from Satan to say like, oh, well, that was just my own idea. That was just a good idea that I thought up. Well, I, just a little word of advice. If you have a really good idea that you happen to think up, like while you're at church or while you're praying, while you're reading scripture, if you just have a good idea, try it. Because, you know, maybe maybe you just need to test it out and see what that is. And again, if you're knowing your source, if you're knowing that, okay, Christ is the one who I'm following, I'm going to be in obedience and submission to him. And as long as it lines up with with that conviction to being obedient to Christ and to his word, then what is it going to hurt to try it out? What is it going to hurt to see? And you may find in trying and in doing that you are hearing from the Lord, because you may find that he does something powerful with that that couldn't have just been a cool idea from you. So, uh, but... Anyway, all that to say, I believe we may have some people here who maybe feel like they haven't had a holy ground moment with the Lord. And I just want to pray for you right now. So if that's you, if if y'all could just close your eyes, I, I want to give give us some, some privacy. If that's you and you feel like, man, this all sounds really good, but I don't know what the experience is like to have a holy ground moment with the Lord, I want to pray for you right now that the your eyes would be open, your ears would be open to receive from the Lord, and that if you have had one in the past, your heart would know that that's what it was. And if you truly have it, that your heart would be open to, to have an experience with the Lord, because we serve a God who is present in everything, and He desperately desires to speak to you. He wants you to know how much He loves you and cares about you. He wants to be intimate with you, even now. So if that's you, would you raise your hand? I just want to add my faith with yours and believe for God to do something powerful in your life tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray, pray with you. If there's any, any others, want to give a moment. Okay. Lord Jesus, you see this heart. You know this person, Lord. I thank you that you would open their eyes to see your presence in their life. Father, I thank you that any lie from the enemy that said you didn't actually hear, you don't actually know, you're not actually experiencing this, all of those lies are cast down in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, you are present. You are close. I know that you are with her, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that she would experience your closeness experience your presence like never before lord open her eyes to be able to discern and see and know that her very life is a holy ground moment because you have chosen to enter that life, to commune with her. Lord, every struggle that she's been through, every pain that she's experienced, Lord, you've been right there in the midst of it. You haven't caused it, but you've sustained her through it and you've helped her and you've been with her and you're gonna continue to be with her, Lord. I thank you for the holy ground moments that you're bringing to her. God, open her eyes, open her ears to hear, Lord, to see, God, I thank you that you would just download fresh revelation in Jesus' name. Lord, as she prays, as she gets into her word, I thank you that the things would just jump off the page. Holy Spirit, that you would teach and guide in a new way, Father. Thank you for it. And Lord, as those holy ground moments happen, the seed that you plant in her, God, I thank you that you would see it to its completion. Lord, give her the steadfastness and the faithfulness